Steven, I think they're ready for us. You ready? Let's go. All right, let's get it. So welcome, everybody, to another episode of We Got Next. Another exciting episode for everyone out there. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I am Christian Hayes, a.k.a. AO Shifty, with my boy Steven on Twitter at Steven underscore Springs. Going to bring you that great content for the cryptocurrency market finances and with sports. Something that we're going to try and do today because some people are always saying they want us to do like timestamps and mark different parts when we get to different sections. I'm just going to let everybody know the lineup in the beginning so that when we get to the parts, you already know, have a little bit of an idea where it might be. So we're going to do the start is we're going to talk a little bit about the fast break and then we'll dive into the just a little bit of the quick slants. We'll go into cryptocurrency and then we'll go into sports and then, then we'll close it. So that just gives you guys an overview. You can kind of do a little bit of the math to figure out what part is going to be at which. But with that being said, we're going to go right into the, uh, you know, the fast break video. So this video we have today, have you seen this, Stephen? No. Okay. So they say this is kind of like movies. And we'll just see how it goes. I'll let you know all your thoughts. What's happening? <laughs> what is going on? What? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, okay, first of all. All right, there's, all right, there's a lot to, all right, okay, okay, hang on. <laughs> yo, first of all, okay. Go back to, just watch like the first two seconds again, please. Like, he put so much bang. He put so much into that throw. To hit him. <laughs> to, hit, to hit my mans. First of all, what is my guy wearing? He's wearing a, is that a fedora on his head? He's yeah, wearing, yep. looks, like, looks, like, looks like he's wearing some like gym shorts. He's got the, he's got the, the Jordans on. He's got, it looks like a, is that, is that like a blazer? Dog, it is. That's the first thing I saw with shorts and some Nikes. Yeah, what is he? Okay, all right. So, okay, all right. So, let it run. And then... The toys just keep cu- all right. First of all, he's got a tag on his hat, so so, so <laughs> that's not so his. He, so, so he must have just picked that hat up about 10 minutes ago. I, I don't know where he, I want to know where he's coming from that he's wearing this outfit. Um, he legit and then, must have bought it in the store, yeah. You got shorts and, and a shirt on, and then my guy's just on the ground now, and there's toys flying everywhere. And right, then, so he's thinking he got hit by the toys. Meanwhile, he the one that threw it at him, yeah. All right, let it run. And then, and then what's your girl doing though? Like she just standing there the whole and then you, you and then your boy in the blazer notices it. And he says, I can't worry about you no more. He said, My guy's just gonna get the toys dumped on him anyways. And then he's checking out your girl in the pants, who's who's now caressing herself in the middle of Target. Wait, wait, I, I just wanna see this part one more time. Bang. <laughs> it almost falls on your boy. I just wanna know, all right, this this just like like the guy on the ground, like he's cool. Like he's normal. He's wearing a normal outfit. He's doing some stunts for TikTok. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And then you, but but your boy's just wearing like the shorts, the Jordans, the blazer, the tag with the, the hat with the tag on it. And then you got your girl who is caressing herself in the middle of Target. That's the what most you, random thing ever. What do you what do you find? What do you find? Is this you like are you just, just pop up on your timeline? So I guess honestly, some things just pop up, and I'm like, huh. Okay, this is, I guess, 
different. You don't see this every day. Because one thing I don't get, or I probably won't ever get, is TikTok. Nothing against TikTok, but I've heard the stories of once you get TikTok, you be on TikTok forever. Sarah has TikTok, and I don't have have TikTok. You just get stuck on that, and you'll Mm -hmm. just be watching videos, and your day go by. If the app has a marking that says you've been on an app too long, I'm like, nah. That means I don't need that. So that's Mm -hmm. the um, video I wanted to show everybody. The next thing before we get into any of the cryptocurrency stuff, I just want to talk about a company that we're partnering with just end up giving them more exposure and then they've started to like give us more followers and then put us in a lot of different threads. So it's called Thugs. So Thugs is another NFT um, company that's out there. They're about to have their minting soon. So this week they've been having a Gleam event and they've been doing either you follow certain things or you retweet certain posts. So they've been retweeting about Shift Movement Digital and then also the We Got Next Twitter account. And we're promoting their different V-Dugs and their NFTs. I think they're pretty cool. So if it's something that you guys are interested in, continue to check out V-Dugs on Twitter and you can find out more information about them. Don't miss their giveaways and don't miss their um, minting that they will have happening soon. I just want to scroll through all this for you all because I told everyone on Twitter that I would go through V-Dugs really quick and just make sure you're ready for it because it's going to be an exciting event. That's the main thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to that. Before we get into the cryptocurrency stuff, Stephen, what's up with uh, Quicksilence moving forward? So, obviously, the regular season is over for Penn State. Um, we have the bowl game coming up on January 1st. Going to the, the um, Outback Bowl down in Tampa, um, which I'll, I'll be there. Um, I somehow somehow convinced my wife to let me go. With, what is that? Um, what is it? What do you when? say? When uh, January first? Um, That's where you're going for New Year's. I am. Yeah, I'm flying down uh, New Year's Eve with uh, with Jay Hill, um, and we're flying down, and then we'll be back on Monday, the third. Um, so get down there, hang out. Um, you remember uh, Scott Singer? Yes. RV lot. Uh, his daughter Gabby lives down in Tampa, so we got a place to stay. It's easy place. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the biggest thing was flying the flights, but. Um, I, yeah, somehow we both convinced our wives to let us, let us go down there, which is like, years. I just like, I just got to keep my mouth shut for the next handful of weeks until I get down there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and not, and, and not, and not screw that up for myself. So, um, for the quick slants, there's a lot going on in college football. Um, a lot of, um, the coaching carousel is going round and around. Yeah. Miami's got their new head coach. Hence why Who I'm wearing the, the hat, Mario Cristobal. Yeah. Former head coach at Oregon, now the head coach at the U. Um, that's a big hire for them. Um, there's just a lot of lot of going a lot of stuff going on in the world of college football. The playoffs um, are are set. It's Alabama, number one seed, taking on number four Cincinnati. Then number two Michigan, taking on number three Georgia. Um, so that's gonna be cool. That'll be good. Bowl games are all announced. The Heisman finalists are announced. I'm pretty upset about the Heisman finalists. There's a snub in we'll there. Get into that um, a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, yeah, I'll do. I'll probably do a couple quick slants between now and the time the bowl game gets around. Um, I'll probably do one. Probably not gonna do one this week. Um, I'll probably do one next week. Come back around for it, and then start getting prepared for the bowl game. I thought to myself that I'm gonna have to generate a lot of content for the offseason, but content, especially in college football, in sports, as you know, just generates itself. So mm-hmm. there's always there's always shit to talk about. Always things going on. 
Um, so I'll be back next week with the quick slants to start talking about the bowl game, talk about the playoffs, the Heisman, all that kind of good stuff. The Heisman is announced uh, on Saturday. Mm. Uh, I think like eight or nine on ESPN. So check that out. Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, you know what? It's a couple, couple more weeks until, until the, um, until the, the bowl game that Penn State's going to be playing in, playing Outback Bowl versus Arkansas. Quick science will be back next week. Start talking about that and everything else going on. Um, but, yeah, really looking forward to going down finally. I haven't been to a bowl game in, like, 10 years. So yeah. very much looking forward to going to that. That will be fun. So that's going to be something exciting. Check that out on the quick slants. When we get to the football section today, we will start to give a little bit of thoughts. And then I think as we get closer to – um, the college football playoffs games, Steve and I will start to be able to dissect things. Since I can officially say this, I have one week left of school. I will be able to go super in-depth into a lot of things now. Steve and I will be able to talk more about things. And if you probably notice, um, we've been focusing the quick has only been basically Penn State and college football. I will be able to sector some of that back into the We Got Next shows on Wednesdays because I'll be able to follow a lot more. So you'll start to hear me chime in a lot more on Wednesdays. When it comes to different college football things, I have been able to keep up with the coaching carousel. So it's just crazy when you get more free time, the things you can end up like listening to and pay attention to. Uh, even like I start to know who the new scouting coordinator is going to be at LSU. Wild things you can end up figuring out. And then other things. Yo, we'll shout, yo, shout, to, uh, shout to ODU. Yep. So yeah. I'll talk to you guys about that in a second, because that's a big thing that I was happy for. First time in five years that this has happened. But before we get into cryptocurrency, I saw this online and I wanted to end up showing it to everybody out there because I think it's a good representation of how Steve and I are now and compared to where we're going to be in a little bit. Um, so the big thing about this is, you know who this person is? Where? Probably not. No. The main person standing on stage. No. no. Okay. So I brought this up because this is Jack Harlow's first ever concert he did. And they said it was about 20 people or so at his first concert. And they said three years from this day going in the future some, this is now what his concerts are like. Yeah. And I view this a lot of like what we got next is because we're doing this and like we get people to listen and talk and like our main supporters and this is where I know we'll end up getting to. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. And that's, that's why. A, like, like, that's us, though. Like, that's us. Exactly. So yeah, we ain't, got shit, we, we, ain't got, we ain't got shit going on. Nope. Yeah, we, got, we got, like, the handful of folks down there. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, like, we got, we got your boy down to the left who's, like, really into it. He that's, is like, that's, like our, that's, like, our one constant follower. I know. And then we got, we got the, the guy in, like, the uh, – who's holding the beer and then the guy next to him to the left of him those mm -hmm. are the haters those are the yep. people who hate our intro yeah I know. And, then, and, then, and then we got and then we got your people over to the into the off to the right wearing the the uh, kentucky sweatshirt those mm -hmm. are the people who don't listen to the the we got next but they only listen to the quick slants mm -hmm. <laughs> what the hell he's saying but i'm here yeah i'm just i'm just here for it that's too funny that's us though yeah, so that was a big thing I saw, and I have to um, I had to bring that up when I talked to everyone earlier today because I was like, that legit reminds me of like how we are and what the future is going to be because there's so much promise when it comes to we got next. So everyone that's still listening now, shout out to you all one because I continue to see the amount of people that are listening to the quick slants, 
And then huge news, and I was going to announce it when it hit the milestone, but it's at the point of about to hit it. But one of the videos we did on like reviewing a cryptocurrency has 950 views. And that's what gives a lot of motivation because if there are randomly 950 people out there that listen to that, people are listening to the quick slams and finding ways to follow us on social media, we're early. Like it hasn't even been a year that we've been out. We've heard of people doing this for years and they still don't have a lot of people. So just wanted to end up letting you all know about that. There's a lot in store. I promise you December is going to be filled with things. I already have a good amount of people I've been talking to to either get on the show or people have reached out to us saying, can you get this person on the show? Because we bring a lot of transparency and validity. So I'll segue into some of the crypto stuff before I show you the um, price and stuff. But in terms of validity and people that I like and trust. So we had checked and we had some of the people from checked on the show. And a big thing from them is they're with self-sovereign identity and they've done a lot. When we first talked to them, they weren't even out yet. And now they're currently out. And what we will end up doing, so I can show you guys this and just segue into everything when it comes to cryptocurrency is here is Check Network. So they are currently, they have trading volume of over $162,000, which is very good for them. Um, at one point their price did hit Let's see if I can show this. Their price hit over 70 cents at one point, and it came out around like a little less than 20 cents. I would say around like 15, 20 cents. So that is something that I do got to give a lot of kudos to Fraser and the team over there. So congratulations. It actually shows 18 cents. So that's very promising for them. They're currently only on gate.io, which has been one where a lot of people start to go for their trading and gate.io has come a long way from where it used to be. Going into some of the cryptocurrency pricing and stuff, because since last time we talked, you have known, you have seen that the price of Bitcoin has pulled back and we're starting to see a little bit of a decoupling in the market. So Bitcoin is sitting at $50,000, which as I told people before, I personally am not concerned. I've seen Bitcoin when it was sitting at two to $3,000. So for it to sit at $50,000, I'm not stressing at all. It can go from 100,000 back to 50, and I'm not going to worry about it. Reason being, if you see it through COVID, you see it through 2017, you see it through hacks that have happened in the past and different lawsuits and things like that, you know what's going to be the end goal. So it's one of those things of like, if you know, you know. So I'm not really worried when it comes to Bitcoin. It was sitting at over a $1 trillion market cap, and look where it's sitting at now at $950 billion, which is still a lot. Ethereum is sitting at $4,400. That's where the decoupling is because at one point, everything was relevant and going the same way that Bitcoin was going. But if you look at Ethereum, it is not on the same pace. And the reason for that is a lot of things are being built on Ethereum. A lot of government, not government entities, a lot of institutions are starting to look into Ethereum. You also have a lot of NFTs that are built on Ethereum too. You have everything that's on Uniswap all through Ethereum. So that's a big thing that people are using Ethereum for. Binance coin is also doing very well, sitting at $611. You have Tether, which will always be around a dollar. And then you have Solana, which is a big proponent of like FTX and stuff. Cardano is sitting up there. I have my reservation about Cardano, but I will not get into this on the show. Um, you have Remember, USD Christian coin. is not a licensed financial representative. Yeah. Christian is not, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not liable for all your uh, mishaps in your financial world. Christian is not a licensed financial professional. So do not take the things he says about finance to heart. If you want to talk more to him about finance, go to him directly. Thank you. 
Yes. So we have to say that every single time because some people out there think that I'm giving you guys advice. But you, the thing about financial advice that people don't understand, if it's a win, you think that they're the greatest person in the world and you want to tell everybody about them. If it's a loss, you want to blame them for your loss and then go think that they're the reason why you lost all the money. When in the end, they didn't tell you to buy it or they didn't tell you to sell it. You chose to do those two things at the end. So there's only maybe one or two things I would ever say that I can guarantee in life, and that's death and taxes. But other than that, I can't really promise you guys a lot of things out there in life. Um, the next thing, XRP. So they still have a lot of meetings with the government and the feds. So we have to wait to see what's going to happen with them. Polkadot is sitting there at $29. And then we have Luna, aka Terra, which has been doing a lot. So congratulations to Luna um, sitting over there. That's everything I wanted to talk about with when it comes to the cryptocurrency prices. The next thing I want to get into is, wish I had the money for this, but I'll bring it to you guys next time. So the one of the government officials in Zimbabwe was saying that we don't believe in these Bitcoins. For starters, I'm not going to try to disrespect and diss this company too much, but all I'm going to say is in my stock market class last week, since we won for having the best presentation, I was able to get over 20 billion Zimbabwe dollars. If I'm able to get 20 billion Zimbabwe dollars, your value of your currency is not worth shit. And you should not be saying a goddamn thing about Bitcoin not being anything. So that's all I'm going to say to you guys about that. I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah, I ain't going to say nothing else about it, but there's some shit. And then the Boulevard is another thing that's some shit. And it's not against you guys, so don't come after me. I'm just speaking facts with numbers. I'm not trying to give opinions on this. You can we're gonna get we're gonna get a, a disclaimer ticker on the bottom of its of the screen. So whenever Christian has something to say about Bitcoin, the crypto space, giving gonna pop up. giving financial advice, it's just gonna be on the bottom. It's gonna be in big bold red letters. It says disclaimer. Christian is not you know not a licensed financial professional. None of this should be taken to heart. Doesn't really exactly. know what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm we'll just, just leave it that. on the internet. If you if you wanna if you wanna get more advice from him, slide into his DMs. Yeah, hey, you know, that's all you gotta do. The next thing I want to talk about is, and one of my buddies on Twitter ended up bringing this up, but uh, pay attention to a cryptocurrency called Gather. They're sitting at one of their lows, so that's something you can just pay attention to and um, pay notice with. Next thing I want to talk about is pretty sure I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Ubisoft, which um, is in the gaming sphere. So they announced that they will have in-game NFT collectibles in their new game, the new Tom Clancy's Ghost game. So that's a huge thing. Reason being that the that company is very important into the gaming sphere. So if you play games at all, you know who they are. And I think it's important to have the NFTs because now they're starting to get more revenue back in their pockets. And it's Another way for individuals to end up making money too. You can rent out the NFTs if you want to. You can buy and sell them. You can do a lot of things. And there'll be also royalties most of the times it goes back to the company. So it's a win-win when it comes there. Another thing I want to bring up is Fidelity is working on crypto lending products. It's not something necessarily I would take advantage of with like collateral as Bitcoin and stuff, but it's something that if you want to dip and dabble into it when Fidelity does it, hey, that's up to you. So that's one other thing. Three more things I want to just touch on in the cryptocurrency world are Bloomberg expects that the USA will embrace cryptocurrency in 2022. 
this is something that if you've been in the cryptocurrency sphere, listen to us for a while, you know that this is something I've been talking about for a minute. If you've been following me on Twitter at all, you've known I've been talking about this since like 2017, 2018. So for them to say 2022, that means that they were loading up their bags and now they're like, okay, you guys can get in and you can start pumping our bags and stuff. So that's kind of what I'm hearing from that. It's not something that I'm going to be like, wow, they said 2022. Let me listen to that now. You should have been in. And if you want to try and DCA dollar cost average, be my guest and end up getting into it. You can get on like Coinbase, Gemini, BlockFi, Voyager, just some of the easy ones. If you want to dip and dabble even deeper into the cryptocurrency market and go into decentralized exchanges, you can go on to Traders Joe, you can go on to Spooky Swap, you can go on to Pancake Swap, or you can go on to Uniswap. Any of those are another way to do it. Make sure you have a MetaMask wallet or a Trust wallet to end up taking advantage of those over there. Two last things are one, Trava Finance, pay attention to them. They do a lot of cross-chain lending, which is going to be very important going forward. And they've already started doing borrowing and stuff with different cryptocurrencies. So I am very proud of what the team has done there. I've been with them, not literally been with them, but I've been invested in them and buying their tokens since they began. So it's something that I do believe in. I've seen since they were sitting at less than a penny and now that they are sitting at penny and a half, I see at one point, I saw at one point when they were sitting at over three cents. So that's that. The final thing I wanna say is, please pay attention. I repeat, please pay attention to Unison. I will say this time and time again, Look into the Unison exchange if you have not done anything already. The amount of promise and potential this company has is wild. They have something called DMAS, which is dual multi-asset staking, which means you can stake your Unison tokens and you can earn up to four different tokens at the same time as you stake in that one token, which is very important. Think about it this way. If you were to invest or put your money in a bank and they said, you know what, we'll be able to give you interest and you can get it in euros, you can get it in the British pound, you can get it in the yen, and you can end up getting it in pesos. Sounds pretty cool for you just putting dollars in a bank account and then you get it in four different currencies outside of the, out of the currency that you put it in. So just think about that when you do it. And then they also have not bad um, interest yield on it. So just do some research on it. You can use your MetaMask wallet, just go on Unison for it. But the other promising thing is their exchange is supposed to come out this month. And that's something I'm very excited for. They're going to have the liquidity from finance and they're going to have the option of like centralized exchange and decentralized exchanges. So they're going to be called CFI DeFi, which is a pretty cool thing when it comes to Unison. So that's everything I wanted to talk about with the cryptocurrency side. Um, just continue to pay attention to everything when it comes to that over there. And with that, I'm going to start segueing it into what Stephen was talking about earlier in terms of the sports and college football. And for everyone out there that was wondering, this is the part we're going to sports. So a lot of times they're always like, we need um, timestamps, I'm going into sports now. So the next thing we're going into is college football. So the games that Steven brought up was Bama versus Cincy and then Michigan versus Georgia. After I say this, we're gonna go into the picks. Next things, I'll bring up some of the bowl games. So the Rose Bowl, we have Utah and Ohio State, Fiesta Bowl, we have Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame. Outback Bowl, we have the one and only Penn State against Arkansas, Arkansas, mm -hmm. just joking. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Myrtle Beach Bowl itself. Yeah. The first time in five years, ODU playing Tulsa. Do I know the outcome of the game? Hell no. Do I care about the outcome? Absolutely goddamn not. 
Why? Because it's the first time in five years, unlike all those privileged ass schools out there that get to go every single goddamn year, we don't have that opportunity. So for us to go now, that is very big. And we'll be moving conferences soon into the Sun Belt. So we will be able to do a lot going forward. So going back into that, Stephen, uh, what are your thoughts? We won't say pick since it's so far away yet, but what are your thoughts on one, the college football playoffs, the four teams, and then two, how the teams match up? Um, I was a little, I'm gonna say a little, by like a little, I mean like a little surprised that a little, Alabama, a little um, that Alabama jumped Michigan um, mm. from three to one. And I know Alabama has the best win of the season so far, beating Georgia, who was the top dog, you know, literally all season. Um, so that was kind of surprising because Michigan, you know, they really beat down Iowa in the Big Ten title game. I know Iowa isn't uh, – I know Iowa isn't Georgia, you know, in terms of opponent-wise compared to what Alabama did. But and Alabama really took it to Georgia, like – no one has done that all season. No one's even come close to doing that all season to Georgia. Uh, Georgia was giving up six points a game. Bama scored 24 in the first half. Um, so I was a little surprised, like little surprised that Michigan didn't jump them. But um, I think also taking consideration, I don't think the playoff committee wanted to have Bama, Georgia in the, the first round or the, mm-hmm. you know, the first game. So they, that was the only way that they weren't going to get that was to jump, you know, was to have um, Alabama jump Michigan because why would it end up being Alabama number two and Alabama, Georgia number three? So you would have had that first. They would love to have that rematch in the national title game, which like, you know, everyone always bitches about the SEC getting two teams in all the time mm-hmm. but it's like like they are that good like they're like like, nice. yeah. like the big like the big 10 is good the big 12 puts out some good teams we know what clemson's done over the last you know six seven years but like the sec runs college football and it has for a very long time so i, I don't think it's likely that you know unless it's a, the same type of scenario where you have a team from the same conference and the top two, top three for like a majority of the season. And it comes down to, you know, the, the, the title game and, you know, once and jumps and stays or whatever um, for another conference, it's not going to happen because the SEC has so many dominant teams that like, this is just what happens. So do I want to see Alabama play Georgia in the national title game and have that rematch as a fan? Yeah. Cause you, you like, you want to see Georgia get a, get a second chance, but we also have new blood in the playoffs. No Ohio State, Dude. no Clemson, no Oklahoma, no Notre Dame. Those are the teams that have been there since it, since it started. Now you got Michigan, finally broke, broke through. Shout mm-hmm. out to Jim Harbaugh. And you got Cincinnati, the first, the first, group of, the first group of five teams going 13-0, led by Luke Fickle. Um, you know, they, they're in it. I think they're going to get completely dominated by Alabama. Oh, yes. I, like, and, and here's the thing. Like, I, I was not surprised that Alabama did what they did, I think, like, as it was happening, I was surprised. Because you're like, wow, like, Bama's really doing this. To, yeah. Like, no mercy, was laying it on Georgia, who, was, who had the best defense 
like a historically great defense all season, and they got dump truck. The biggest game of the season. Bro, they came out the gates in the second half, and Bryce Young said, Williams, where you at? Yeah, Play. yeah, and you got – and yeah, and Bryce Young, the Heisman, I think he's going to win the Heisman on Saturday night. We'll talk about that. Um, mm. Like, looking back on it, like, it wasn't – it's not surprising because it's Nick Saban. It's like yeah. it's like it's like the Pats in the NFL now. The Pats are first place in the in the in the in the AFC. Like no one should be really surprised. I mean, like yeah, like they're not the Pats of old, but like no one should be surprised with, with Belichick at the helm, and like no one should be surprised that Alabama is number one in the country with Nick Saban at the helm. Like yeah. you know, it's just like it's. Yeah, I'm not not surprised by that. I hope that Michigan and Cincinnati put up a good fight against Georgia and Alabama, but I just think like those two teams, Georgia and Alabama are just on another level of everybody else. And they are, and like, especially Alabama, but like they are every single season. And it's just, you know, when you keep winning, you keep getting these recruits, you keep getting the five stars, and you develop them from five-star blue chip high school players to five-star blue chip college players. And -hmm. those are the ones that win you national titles. And those are the ones that put you in a position to keep staying there and that's what every other team is trying to do year in and year out. And there's only one team that does it every year, and it's Alabama. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm like, if, if they lose, if they if they don't win a national title, I'm like, I'm shocked. Every you know? year, every year, like if they, if they don't win a national title this year, I'm going to be very surprised because like this isn't like the greatest Alabama team Nick Saban's ever had. This isn't the greatest team that we've seen. Like they might not even be the best team that we that we saw all year. We look mm-hmm. at Georgia, but like they're probably going to win it. Like, and it's just like, you know, it sucks. Cause like, I want to win one as a Penn State fan. Like I want to get one, but like, yeah, still, but like, you know, you, like you gotta get past. Yeah. We gotta get past Ohio state first, but like, like who, like who can consistently be Alabama? It's just like, it doesn't happen. So like, they're probably going to win it. And I'm not going to be surprised. And it's going to be like, all right, well, that's, that's number, number seven, I think for Nick Saban. So like, and the playoffs yeah. are not that old. That's the wild part about it. And no. the championship itself is not that old either. No, and and he's just like, and, this, and he's and he, no signs of slowing down. They asked him at the beginning of the year, like, how many how many more years do you even keep coaching? He's like, probably till I die. And he's like, he's 70-something right now, so that's probably yeah. going to be true. Craziest part about it is, and this goes for anything in life, Nick Saban at this point, he's able to just continue to bring in the top players because of who he is. I promise you, he doesn't probably have to explain the X and O's every single time. Notice who his coordinators are every single year. They're like, all right, I know why I'm here because I'm trying to get another head coaching job. So I'm going to listen to Saban. Saban only going to say the shit once to me and I got to go relay it to all the different coaches and to the players to end up explaining it. I say that as well. And I'll touch on my thoughts on the two, two main games before we get into the rest of them. But in terms of Nick Saban in Alabama, so there was like what Virginia area doesn't necessarily get the greatest recruits in like northern Virginia, per se, if it's not a prep school, because I grew up in Prince William County. So we had Deshaun Hand, who ended up going to Alabama. And then the new one that's a top linebacker in the country didn't even know this, but Sean Murphy, he goes to Unity Reed. I was like, what the fuck is Unity Reed? But they changed the name of the school. It used to be Stonewall Jackson because they changed it because of the background of Stonewall Jackson. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that was, like, not too far away from where I grew up. So for him to be a five-star in these schools, I promise you, that means he's that good because these schools 
are not at the top of their game. Stonewall Jackson, well, Unity Reed is a pretty good school, but it's not competing with your super mega high schools that are out there. They're good. And then for you to have like Sean Murphy, I promise you, as soon as these players see like Bama coming to the door and they have other schools, it's almost like I have an opportunity to go to Bama, like Alabama. And you're the number one linebacker in the country. Where you well, Penn State, Penn State recruited him, um, I think, pretty heavily, um, mm-hmm. as they do everybody in the DMV. But, like, you go to Alabama, and you know damn well that you have a, like, 99% chance to win a national title. You have a – if you're one of those players, we'll just take Murphy, for example. If you're one of those players, you have a very good chance of Absolutely. going to the league. Yep. Like, a great chance – and you have a great chance of being paid under the table by the insane amount of donors that, oh, that yes. they have down there. And I want to, I want to read you something. Um, so listen, so this was the 2005 coaching staff. Some of the guys that Nick Saban had on, In on 2005. That. Oh, sorry. 2015. Oh. Um, Kirby smart. Who is now the head coach at Georgia. Uh, Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator. Uh, now the head coach at Ole Miss. Um, Billy Napier who's now the head coach at Florida, Mario Cristobal, who I mentioned earlier, head coach at yeah. LU, and Mel Tucker, who's the head coach at Michigan State. And my guy wow. got paid. That was you know, his staff? That was, that was some of the guys on his staff. I don't know yeah. what everyone did. I think um, – I know Kiffin was the offensive coordinator. I know Kirby Smart was the Kiffin was going through shit, so they had to hide him. In yeah, 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 yeah. He was, he, was, he was being left on the tarmac and you know, <laughs> he was missing flights and cars and all kind of good stuff. Um, but I don't, like, I don't know what – Everybody, you know, everybody did. Oh, Mel Tucker was the defensive back coach. Um, Mario Cristobal was up in the line coach. Billy Napier was a wide receivers coach. And, you know, I mentioned Kirby Smart was the DC and Van Kevin was the offense coordinator. So, like, you know, that's another thing. You, you get to be coached by, like, you know, Bill O'Brien. I completely forget that Bill O'Brien is the offense coordinator at Alabama. Bill, yes. Bill O'Brien, the same Bill O'Brien that, you know, led the Pats, you know, as offense coordinator. Head coach at Penn State for a while, shots and to Penn State, um, you know, and then went to the Texans, and now he's back in college. And like, I mean, you go to it's like you know going to you know be an assistant at Duke or North Carolina or like Kansas to learn under under those guys for basketball. Same same type of concept. It's crazy. Like, if Nick Saban came to my house, well, he's not going to be coaching when, when my son's in high school. But <laughs> if, if Nick Saban came to my house, I would damn sure open the door. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would I would say no at the end because Mason's going to Penn State, but like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if he came to the door, I'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, come on inside, Nick Saban. Yeah. Come on inside. Wild part is Nick Saban's not even one of those type of – so they have said certain coaches are like dicks. Like, I started to hear how Brian Kelly is as a coach and stuff. But he's smart. Yes, I've heard that he's a lot. Like, I was listening to um, Pat McAfee, his show, and they I think they had Butler on. Darius Butler, I'm pretty sure. And they were talking about Brian Kelly. They're like, yeah, he's not the guy you want, but he's a good coach. And something with Nick Saban is he's just, he, he doesn't get in trouble. He just does what he needs to do. He will never deny, like, yeah, these players probably do get paid under the table. He will just say, like, shit is not happening with me. It just well, goes his way. He also, he's also very, like, he's very old school, but knows how to adapt to the new school mentality. Like, he's yeah. not afraid, he's not afraid afraid to say his players are dog shit after a game absolutely yeah but like he also like you get those like you get certain players to go to alabama who are like those top tier guys who are the starters i'm sure even guys who are the twos and the threes they get it like you go to alabama 
This isn't like, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. This isn't going to be like, you're just, you know, you're going to have fun for four years. Like they're going to put you to work much like everybody else does, but it's just like a different standard at Alabama because you see they win every single season. They're in the playoffs. I think they missed the playoffs once since it started. And like, yeah. they're, they're there every single year. So like, you're getting humbled every day at practice yeah. because you come from being the best in your state going there. You might be the second or third person at your position. So yeah. it's like you have to humble yourself, realize you can either get in line or you can just enter the transfer portal. You'll start somewhere else, but it's not going to be the same as being at Bama. And you're going up against NFL players every day. Yes. yes. Every day. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, I mean, like I said, they're, I'm not going to be surprised if they win. I'll be way more. I'm always way more surprised if Alabama doesn't win. Yeah, they do. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm gonna, going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick them to win though. So that's not his picks yet. We'll talk about picks in a couple of weeks. Oh, sorry. sorry, but, sorry. <laughs> but so with the Bama and Cincy game, um, the only thing I'll say is I'm really happy for Cincinnati, especially because they've had to have it the hardest in terms of if they lose one, they're irrelevant. Like they had to win every single week for them to keep in relevancy Bama, we already know about them, so I don't need to touch on them. The games I did get to watch a lot, I did watch the Bama-Georgia game because I had some time, and then Michigan. Um, one, Aiden Hutchinson is pretty nice. Uh, let's just say that. And we'll talk about the um, Heinzman Awards in a second, but Aiden is nice. Other thing is, Michigan legit had like a beast when it came to Iowa. It wasn't like one or two touchdowns. They said, let's just keep pouring this shit on and Hassan, they said, let's just let him score touchdowns every time. Mm-hmm. I looked at how many touchdowns he has for the year. It's so crazy. Like, he has so many. And then you look at how so many touchdowns he can get. They say, all right, your time. And everyone, I don't know if they're cool with it or not, because that would be the greatest thing if you had him in fantasy football, because it's just like he's going in at the one-yard line. The first option is going to be let him run. Second option will be let him run. Third option will be they can throw it. And they use two quarterbacks. As well, so that's like the other thing. See, like getting to like the the X's and O's of of college football, and primarily like how you're going to win a national title. Like the reason why. Spoiler alert! I'm going to pick Alabama. Like, but 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 the reason why is because you need to have. Yes, you need to have an offensive line. We all know that. That's a given. But you need to have a, like borderline Heisman trophy quarterback yeah a player like a borderline Heisman trophy player helps hence why Michigan is there because Aiden Hutchinson makes those type of plays every single game bro every night but like can he win you a national title we'll see they don't have they they have two quarterbacks if you have two quarterbacks you don't have one I know that they've done well this year but you know like neither one of them are Bryce Young like they're not, you know, they're not in New York. They're not all Big Ten. They're not all Americans. You need to have that. And, you know, we've seen what Clemson has done with, you know, they had Trevor Lawrence. They had Deshaun Watson. We see what Alabama's done, how they've won national titles. They've had all Americans. They've had Heisman winners. You need yeah. to have those. You need to have a Heisman Trophy finalist probably to win a national title. That's yeah. how, like, that's how important those types of players are. And you see how there's only a handful of those players or those teams every year that are, in the conversation for the playoffs because they are the only teams that have those guys. You saw mm-hmm. Ohio State, they just, you know, they have CJ Stroud, who's a Heisman finalist, quarterback. But mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson proved that he was a better Heisman Heisman candidate against against Ohio State. 
So you need to have, and that's why I don't think Georgia's gonna Georgia's gonna win because well, they have they they have a they have a they have a great team, but they don't have like one individual who can take over a game like Bryce Young or like Aiden Hutchinson. So yeah. and, and Cincinnati, like I get it, like they're undefeated. They won every game. They beat Notre Dame. Shout out to them. Notre Dame ended up I think twelve or eleven and one. So mm-hmm. like shout out to them. Yeah. But like they don't have what Alabama has. And like it's just like that's just how it is. Like they don't they don't have that. And you like you need that to just like the NFL, you need a bunch of all pro guys. And you need a potential MVP on either side of the ball, maybe like defensive player of the year type of thing to get to that level. And that's what like the teams like Penn State and like you know, um like Florida and all those teams who are like been there, they just haven't like gotten there because they don't have that they don't have those like they don't have those x-factor players like alabama has every single fucking season mm-hmm. every single season they have that dude who is yeah. in new york they, derrick henry heisman winner mark ingram heisman winner aj mccarron julio jones like i mean I, I can go on and on about all the players that alabama has every year but like and that's this why, right here what he's saying is why people go to alabama they say yeah, they have to do much like, look how many players they have in the league. It's just, it's so, it was, just, it was like Miami back in the early 2000s. Yes. Miami's putting out players. That's why they were in the national title game back-to-back years. And they should have been Ohio State. But, like, they had an entire NFL team on their on their roster. And, mm-hmm. like, that's that's how you get there. Like, you you have those players and you develop them. And I've talked about this a bunch on the quick slants. And that's, like, that's a large part of the reason why Penn State has been able to, like, maintain their level of success because we get players in here and we develop them like yeah. it's very rare that you get a player like Saquon Barkley for example to come in and be a generational type of player or Micah Parsons but like you get those players that come in and you develop them and you take those guys some of the four or five stars and you turn them into those four or five star players and that's how you win national titles like some teams mm-hmm. are just better at it than other teams like Alabama it's every single yeah. season and I'm, I'm so tired of it though it's so, so fucking tired of it. I want to end up before we get into the Heinzman. Something else Stephen was bringing up that's how people end up going to certain schools. Something else, reason why they bring in these coaches are a lot of presidents of universities realize they're not just generating revenue when it comes to college football, they're generating revenue because people studies show people go to schools because of the athletics. If your college oh, yeah. football team is good, you're gonna bring in more people to your school. It's every single type of sport it'll do that people are going to go to umc and duke oh i get to see them college basketball these are players that are going to go there they're going to go there usc you just try and buy your dumbass kids into the school but when it comes to like alabama ohio state penn state michigan state people are going there for the sports for the environment you get to play in those stadiums you get to be around a hundred thousand people at michigan and ann arbor you're mm-hmm. going to go there for those experiences and stuff people then when you graduate you then see that on resumes, like that's where you went. It's a talking point as well. So that shout coach, out to the education, though. Yeah, shout out to the education. <laughs> shout so out to the education, of, though. Yeah, and it's one of those things that some of these schools are tough to get into, especially like if you're out of state trying to get in there, it's tough. If you're in state, it's probably a little easier. And especially for Virginia, we can talk about Maryland in a second, but for Virginia, Virginia Tech, UBA, those are two big ones. You end up wanting to go there because you get to see the sports and stuff. When I was talking to Mason Young, 
uh, shameless plug, um, last month when we were talking about it, he did bring up, he got to see Michael Vick and that partially was a point oh. in his decision. And it's just crazy because that's a question I asked. I was like, you got to see the Michael Vick we see on TV, but you got to see him when he made his name. People think he made his name in the NFL, but when you see those long ass runs he made in college at Virginia Tech, that's where it happened. You go to UVA, although that's a smart school, you get to see some of these players that have gone to the league, Malcolm Brogdon, and then like Maryland, you get to see basketball and they sometimes had football, like DJ Moore went there and stuff like that. So you can see it then Penn State, we can go on for the rest of the night if we wanna talk about that in different sports. But it's another reason why. Something I wanted to bring up with the Heinzman. So the candidates are Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, uh, Kenny Pickett, and then Aiden Hutchinson. So for a little bit, I'm going to be the new Brian Kelly, and I'm going to talk with my fan tonight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So what are your thoughts on the four people? Um, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm very disappointed that Alabama linebacker Will Anderson is not on the list. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen his stats. Yeah. Yo, so okay. just go on so, Steven's Twitter. He has been talking about it. So Aiden, like Aiden Hutchinson has a great story to him. Not a lot of people will probably know who Will Anderson is, the Alabama linebacker. They have Bryce Young. They weren't the best team in the conference all year, but Michigan has a better story for Aiden Hutchinson. He's also, uh, yeah, he's also one of the top three or four best players in the entire country on either side of the ball. Top 10 in the draft. Yeah, he'll, he'll likely be a top five pick. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, his dad played at Michigan. He mm-hmm. broke the school sack record, which I think was held by his dad. Same number as his dad. Michigan, like that speaks volume. Harbaugh, they, they, he got hurt, I think, in the first couple games of the season last year. And in his season, he came back to Michigan instead of going to the NFL. And mm-hmm. Michigan was unranked to start of the season. First team to go to the playoffs after being after starting the season unranked. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had like a you know perfect storm, and they finally beat Ohio State under Harbaugh. Under Harbaugh, but they won the Big Ten title. Like you know, and he had dominant games in those. He showed up when it when it mattered most, right? Yeah. I think he has fourteen sacks and almost twenty tackles for loss, or something around those lines, right? Impressive stats, right? Will Anderson has. He's a sophomore. 15 sacks. He's a linebacker, so there's different positions and different types of <clears throat> playing styles and everything. I get that. But 15 sacks, 31 and a half tackles for loss in 13 mm-hmm. games. 31 yeah. and a half tackles for loss and like 90-something tackles. That is unbelievable. That is un- – like, that's incredible. Like, people it who is. go to football, like, that is just like it, – that's mind-blowing. It's unbelievable. So – Usually they take it's four or five it's four or five players uh, to the Heisman and uh, most years everybody knows who's going to win I think everybody knows I have a good feeling that assumption that Bryce Young is going to win mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hutchinson finished second probably he'll um, get votes he'll, he'll get a lot of, he'll, he'll get yeah. a lot of votes he'll get a lot of love um, it's probably going to be closer than people think. But I do think Bryce Young wins it because he has awesome, he has incredible stats, and um, I would have liked to see Will Anderson be there instead of Kenny Pickett. But you know, he also had a crazy year. Pickett did. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh. But 
Yeah, um, but I, I'm very disappointed that he's not that he wasn't invited. He should have been. He'll probably win the you know Benaric Award, the Buckus Award. He'll win some some Defensive Player of the Year's award. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, it happens every year, just like the NFL MVP or like Defensive Player of the Year or Offensive Player of the Year. There's always snubs and like All American lists when they come out. There's going to be snubs. So um, that's another big talk that you'll start to hear people talking about. We'll dissect that. Probably on here and then the quick slants when the All-American team does come out, because it'll be always important. One, because you start to get some implications as to who is going to do well in the league, but also who to look out for in years to come if they're still not ready to go to the league. So the other thing I wanted to bring up, because Steven clearly brought up his choice for Heinzman. Mine was going to be Bryce Young as well. It's very, very tough for a defensive person to make it. Um, because they always want the flashiness and the person that's going to be the highlight reel or something like that. And you are going to probably see the quarterback factories do it, whether it's Bama or Oklahoma, a lot of the times. Um, so I have Bryce Young as well. CJ Stroud has had a good year, but also what Stephen brought up is it has been almost like a merry-go-round and a cycle of who it was going to be. Some years, like you said, you can and you will know who it is this year. I've seen so many polls where it's been random ass people that are on it. Remember at one point, the Texas running back was on it. The old Miss dude was on it. You will have different people that are on this list. So this is the first time um, where you've had, or this is the first time where it's kind of been them that have been on it. The next thing I want to bring up is super quick, then we're going to NBA. LSU, so what's wild about that is since their coach left, two, not one, but two of their quarterbacks have entered the transfer portal. And the big part about that is, um Johnson who was the quarterback not only is he going but his brother and this is Brad Johnson's family his brother who is supposed to be the best tight end said I'm not going to LSU anymore and so now a lot of people suspect that they're both going to kind of go to the same place since they both went to LSU together so the big topic is where are those two going to end up going what are your thoughts on that if you heard about it uh it's just it's expected when you have a new coach that comes in I mean you look at literally within hours of um, Lincoln Riley leaving for USC. No, Oklahoma, had, Oklahoma had three players decommit, and a lot of them are top players. And, like, that's just the nature of how it goes. If you, you know, there's there's some rumors that Penn State might get a new the new, def- new defensive coordinator. Um, I don't want to – I have sources that say. Mm-hmm. Um, but – He's coming from a school that has a lot of good players. He's, he's a D-line coach at another school. And he has a lot of good defensive line recruits that are committed to that school. So word is, like, if he comes to Penn State, he might bring some of those guys. So, like, yeah. you know, it happened, happened to Penn State with Justin Fields. Justin Fields was committed to Penn State. And then we lost our offensive coordinator and then lost Justin Fields. So you got to, like, it puts, a, it puts a huge hole in your recruiting. Because you got to – you lose those guys – like those are the guys you were anticipated, you know, getting getting on campus and being the next wave of players. But mm-hmm. you got to regroup and you got to go back out on the recruiting trail, go find yeah. the guys that you might not want, but you need to get. That's how Penn State ended up with their quarterback now, Sean Clifford. Is Clifford's not a you know, he's not terrible, but he's not Justin Fields. Yeah. Right. So when we lost Justin Fields, we got we got Clifford. He came from a great high school, San Xavier High School in Cincinnati. Um, he's done well, but like again. That kind of that like that sets you back. When you lose those players, you like you know recruiting cycles go in like three or four years. 
So this mm-hmm. recruiting class that Penn State has coming in for 2022 is the best we've had probably ever. So like you're gearing up for this, but when you lose those guys, you got to restart and you don't know, you don't know who the next defense coordinator is going to be or the head coach, offensive coordinator. And you're, you're, you're recruiting those guys specifically because of that, because of those, those coaches. So when you lose a coach like Brian Kelly or you lose a coach like Lane Kiffin, who are good coaches, it's like, all right, well, luckily Notre Dame did, did the smart I thing. I like their coach, yeah. Shout out to Marcus Freeman. Um, yeah. Shout out to uh, um, Tommy Reese, offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. They kept both those guys. They stayed in-house. I mean, if you, I don't know if you've seen the videos of them talking to the team and whatnot, but they're, yeah. they're hype. They're hype. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not, like, I don't like Notre Dame. I just grew up not liking Notre Dame. There's a lot of schools that Penn State doesn't like, but Notre Dame is one of them. I'm a huge fan of their, of their head coach now, Marcus Freeman. Young guy. Mm. He's, he's not much older than us, bro. He's like, yeah, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yeah, for, for the culture, bro. Of all schools yeah. to have, you know, they had Tyrone Willingham mm-hmm. a couple of decades ago. But it's more, it's more, um, you know, noticeable, I guess, if you will, to have a black head coach in, in mm. 2021, especially at a school like Notre Dame. Um, 35. But, yeah. So, he, bro, he's, he's six years older than I am. And he's the man in charge at Notre Dame, which is, a, yes. you know, that's like, that, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. So, like, you go to these, like you said earlier, we go, you go to these schools because of those coaches, the mm. relationships that you build with those coaches. So a coach might come into your living room in the summertime and say, hey, I'm going to be there. Like, and like, I can't get mad at these coaches. It's like, I can't, like, you can't get mad at these players for transferring because they want to go somewhere else and, you know, start over because uh, something happened. Like people always talk about, oh, you know, you're afraid of competition or whatever. No, it's just like, I want to go somewhere else and try and take on a new challenge and try and dominate there. Just like I dominated at this school. Yeah. And that's what Brian Kelly did. That's what Lincoln Riley's doing. That's what, you know, that's what all these coaches are doing, but it's just like, it does like really sometimes set your program back a couple, a couple years. Cause you, you lose a lot of those big time guys and you got to start over, but you know, shout out to those coaches for making, making moves, making money. Getting paid. Hella, so, hella money. Hell, yeah. So hella we'll money. go through the NBA stuff. Just want to talk about the injuries and we'll get into the NFL. Cause I have some thoughts on a significant quarterback that's out there, Lamar Jackson, but in the NBA, shout out to the Grizzlies because they beat the Thunder 152 to 79. Uh, John Moran is in the COVID protocol. That cannot happen. That they beat him without John Moran. Bro, that that cannot <laughs> happen in the NBA. That like that is not like that is so embarrassing. That just like that just that that just I don't care how bad your team is. Like that just can't happen. Like what like what they is got the picks like? though. Like, what is practice like after that? Or what is, like, the team, like, the team flight home or the team bus ride? What is that like? They're not even the best team in the league. That's the funniest part. So, if they're losing to someone that's not even the best team in the league, they're clearly going to not make the playoffs. They're clearly set back, like, two to three more years as well. Bro, they beat, so, like, 73 points? Yeah. That's so uh, embarrassing. I need your thoughts on two different things, but before we do that, Guess who is back playing in the NBA? Mr. Joel Embiid. 43 points, and he's not even 100% yet. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. He'll so, be out in a couple games anyways. He probably will. He's done this since Kansas, so I'm not surprised. First one I need your thoughts on is, so CJ McCollum is out with a collapsed lung. 
So what one, what the hell? Two, what the hell? Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Um, like, I didn't see any details though. Like, that's what they said. Like, how did it happen? Like, did he, like, was it, like, was it, was he, like, has he been sick? Is he just like, was, like, did his lungs just randomly collapse? Like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, how that happens. Like, what does not that mean? Like football. I can understand that in, like, football or a physical thing, but I'm like, I wasn't like, How long is he that. out for? Like, a couple, like, a couple weeks? Like, a couple, like, or is it season? No questions. Like, what is, like, what are, like, what are we doing? Like, how, what's, are we going to get updates on him? Like, Nothing. it's just, like, it's just, like, life-threatening. Like, what's the, because I've heard, like, collapsed lung before. Like, that's not good. It's not. It's not good. And like, they said it like it was nothing. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's got a collapsed lung. Chance, like, yeah, he's got a collapsed lung. He's all right. He's going to, he's day to day, you know? Like, what? What does that mean, a collapsed lung? So, like, I've heard, I've heard that with, like, people who get in car accidents or, like. Exactly. You know, like, Physical, really bad, super like, really bad health. Things. Yeah. I mean, like. I was I was about to say, about to say shout out, but no no shout out. To no that. shout out. The next thing, uh, what are your thoughts on Steph Curry about to break the record? Uh, I'm I was gonna say that until my the the end of it the end of oh, my. So break. ignore what I just said. So the next thing we'll go into. So the Pacers are rebuilding. They officially kind of announced it. So they're willing to trade Karis LeVert, and they might trade Sabonis or Turner, in the, in any of the trades. So that's a big what well, it's. Big in the sense of they're getting rid of those players. Karis Silbert just came over from Brooklyn not too long ago. Why? I I know. But Why? also, I didn't know that they were even not in a rebuilding. Like, they don't have a super well-known team for it to be like, yeah, we're going to the playoffs. I yeah, think I like every year I, they're I, just I feel floating. the Pacers actually play basketball. So. Yeah, they're kind of just floating. Unless it's Reggie Miller, Paul George, or Larry Bird. I don't necessarily know or pay attention to the Pacers like that. So... That's one thing. The other thing is Kemba Walker. I didn't even realize this man is getting paid hella moolah to not even be playing the game. And he's oh, just what the, like, what the fuck is like, <laughs> this happens all the time. It's happening every it single season in every sport. These dudes just get benched and they're like, oh, I'm not playing. Bro, you're making $10 million a game for not doing shit. They're not even like they're telling you to stay home. Go yes. stay in your house or go sit, go sit in your basement and watch the game on TV. That does we'll not you, happen anywhere. No, but, but we'll send you a game check. Yeah. Like if, if my boss told if my boss called me in the morning and was like, yo, you know what? Why don't you stay home for stay home for this week? Don't come into the office. Don't don't open up your laptop, but we'll still pay you your salary. Like, how do you think about it? Like, All right, bet. Like, yeah. Can I see this like, in writing? Cool. I don't like I don't understand it. Like, you know, I, I get like these guys want to play, but like I mean, I'm not I'm not a professional athlete, so I don't understand like the the you know not being able to like do my job like why, why is he not playing why is he not in the rotation i guess he's just not good enough to be with their rotation what does that mean <laughs> what, the, what the fuck does that mean in the nba what does that mean it's kemba walker it is like it's not like it's not like it's uh, like the 12th guy on the bench or like you know, no he's dude. a good player like this isn't jello ball or anything you know what i mean no like, it's, it's kemba walker yes he's paid, in like, new if york if, if, if you're gonna pay someone that kind of money just play him. Yeah. So the stupider part about this is Steven is frustrated and annoyed by this, and they're going to buy him out. It's either going to be a buyout or a trade, and that's going to be even dumber with this whole situation. You they're going to trade him money. Russell Westbrook. Some shit like that. Yeah. So 
that's the big thing with that. We're going to go into the NFL. And the first thing I want to ask Stephen is, so if I told you someone was two for three with 19 yards passing and the running game had 222 rushing yards, would you say they won or lost? Um, uh, uh, I'd probably say they, I'd probably say they lost. And that the wildest shit in the world is there's a lot of other things I didn't tell you guys with it, but it was Buffalo and new England and it was windy as hell. It was Mm -hmm. snowing in the beginning and Matt Jones was only two for three with 19 passing yards. Craziest part about this is they made most of their running yards on one Damian Harris run. It was like over 60 plus yards. So that factors into it. Their duo was pretty good, but also you could just see the flaws. And this is why Bill Belichick is such a great coach. He knew there was no need to pass the ball in that weather because he did enough reading and research on the Buffalo Bills and the X's and O's to realize that defense is not as good as people think it is. They don't have Tredavious White either. And they didn't just do straight up the middle runs. It would kind of be like your eye pro or your tosses out to the side and you would have your running back cut back inside. I could be Cooper Cup right now and be like the D squared to the slant to the right side to the straight up the middle and the gap in the X. Okay. Well, okay, first of all, wait, 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 hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm I'm like I'm totally cool with, with Cooper Cup doing that. I'm, yeah, I'm cool I, with yeah. that. You know what I'm not cool with? Your boy Emmanuel Acho. <laughs> did you see the video I posted? Yo, my guy did way too much and no one cares that much. Oh. Like, ugh. I don't want to talk about it anymore. No, but so the Bills it. lost. And of course I was rooting for the Bills and they lost, they missed a field goal, but also it was one of those things that people started to get hip and understand when they could kick field goals. There was one direction you could kick the field goals and that's when you were straight. If you tried to kick in the direction you're not supposed to, that's where the game was lost. And also Josh Allen did not pay attention to Cole Beasley one play. Won't say too much about Cole Country Beasley, but I would just say Stefan Diggs was kind of double covered and they chose to throw it to him instead of throwing it to Cole Beasley. Other thing I want to say is, and a lot of people probably will give me hate and grief for it, but pay attention to Lamar Jackson recently. He is not the same Lamar Jackson. You might think it was just one game, but I've been watching it for the past two to three games. This man has been throwing a shit ton of interceptions. He has just been kind of like chucking it. And most of the interceptions are going in Mark Andrews' direction. They have found out who he likes to throw it to. And he kind of just doesn't throw it to other people. Look at Rashad Bateman's numbers. Look at Hollywood Brown's numbers. Look at how many times he threw it to um, Sammy Watkins. And then look at Mark Andrews. And every single time, it was always going to go there. Even the last play of the game, which I was very disappointed with. But I understand it's one of those things. You're going to love them if they make it. You're going to hate them if they don't. If he would have made that two-point conversion, it would have been the greatest thing in the world. But because they pressured Lamar Jackson and he had to get that ball away just a Shout out to TJ Watt, bro. TJ Watt. He's a beast. When I tell you, he yeah, he's is a beast. really good. Yeah. That he's, man he's, is good. He's got 16 sacks in 10 games. Yes. He's got, he got five games left to get. I think the record is 21 and a half. Um, he's got five games left. And I think he's got one more game against Baltimore. And Sack. He had three and a half sacks against Baltimore or three sacks, I believe it was. So multiple, you know, multiple chances to, to, to get that record. He's a beast. He's worth the money as well. Absolutely. That's one thing I can say. Um, the Ravens have the 
some of the players to do it. I will say their defense is shit now because they've lost everybody in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Peters is gone. Humphreys is gone. So they're kind of just relying on whoever and whenever at this Ray, point. Ray, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed ain't, and, you know, they, they're not walking through that door. Yeah, they're not walking through that door. So you just – it's legit Lamar Jackson, and teams are starting to find out. Let's just make him throw it. He can be a good thrower, but he needs to rely on his legs for his throwing ability to do well. But going into the picks for this week, so Steelers-Vikings Thursday night, who you got? Come on. I mean, I'm not going to do it. Not doing it. Doing I, I, I learned my lesson before. I'm, not, I'm picking the Vikings. <laughs> I, think, I, think so, I, the, I think I picked the Ravens last time, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm so, going to Vikings. So my big thing is if you lose to the Lions, I can never pick you. Where's that game at? Is that, is that in Minnesota? Minnesota. Yeah. So I got the Steelers in that one. Ravens, Browns. Hmm. Where's that game at? Cleveland. Um, well, the Browns suck now, so I'm gonna go with the Ravens. So I have the Ravens as well. The a lot of people knew this in the past that Baker Mayfield wasn't great. Odell Beckham's dad kind of said he's some shit. And then Steve Smith said agreed. And now people are like, you know what? This Baker Mayfield guy isn't that good at all. Mm-hmm. And so some people are speculating that they might get a new quarterback. Who knows if they will or not. When these rookie contracts start to end, you have tough decisions to make. Only thing that's helping them is they say that there's not a lot of good quarterbacks coming up. But with that being said, I got the Ravens. Jags, Titans, without Derrick Henry and Adrian Peterson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, shout out to AP, though. Got He's that touchdown something. last week. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Jacksonville. So I have the Titans, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville wins. They're supposed to get Julio Jones back. I don't know if that's going to make a difference or not. Chiefs and Raiders in Kansas Chiefs. City. Chiefs. So I I the, Chiefs the, are, the Chiefs are – Starting to get starting to get things going. Other thing, pay attention to, and I'm not saying it will happen, but I suspect that Terry Kill will probably have a good game this week. He has not been having a great game recently, and last week he did have a good amount of drops that normally he doesn't have. So I wouldn't be surprised if Terry Kill ends up getting um, a couple of good catches in this one. They played the Broncos, and Terry Kill didn't do great. He was frustrated, but pay attention to Terry Kill and Travis Kelsey, Saints Jets. Uh, I'm going to go, wow, this is not an easy one. I'm going with the J E T S jets, jets, jets. Although I watched their game against your, your Eagles, man, they were like, Eagles are some shit. They, yeah. Thank God, <laughs> thank God they have a bye week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there were some points in that game, bro. When I didn't know who like, like the lesser of the two teams were. Mm-hmm. And first of all, Philly had, like, every other play, they had someone get hurt. Yes. Like, every other play, someone was down. And yeah. it was, like, good players, too. Um, Kelsey went down. Miles Sanders went down. Those were um, tough. Unfortunately, J- you know, Jalen Regular didn't get hurt, you know, because he's, he's still <laughs> – Something um, happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, I'm going with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So I got the Saints. Only reason is Taysom Hill, Hill can win people some games in fantasy football. I don't know what the hell they're really going to do. I think – Sean Payton's just kind of waiting for next year. They might draft a quarterback or sign a quarterback, but they believe in Taysom Hill, so I'll believe in him for a game. Cowboys and the football team, one of the biggest rivalries. I'm going with the Cowboys, and I'm going with Michael Parsons having another big game. 
So I want to go with the football team because I tailor, but I got to go with the Cowboys. Falcons and Panthers. God, it's a shitty game. Um, oh, God, just flip a coin. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Falcons. So I have the Falcons. In terms of fantasy football, pay attention to Russell Gage. He's starting to come alive for Matt Ryan. Uh, Seahawks, Texans. I'm going with the Seahawks, and I'm going with Adrian Peterson over 100 yards. <laughs> so Bro, I, I this, told you, I just want that one game, that one game of vintage. This AC. is the only game it can happen. Yeah, the only game. So I got the Seahawks. I want to know what's going to happen, one, with Deshaun Watson come next year. This is how you know Deshaun Watson did some Brother, shit. Bro, because that man's gonna be in jail. <laughs> that man's gonna be in jail. Yeah, <laughs> this is how you know some shit happened. This season is so bad that they said we're still not gonna bring you back. <laughs> like know. you had Tyrod Taylor start, and you're like, you know what? He's not doing it. Let's bring in Hill up. He's not doing it. We have no wasn't, other options. Wasn't he gonna get traded to, to Dolphins? Yeah, Bro, that didn't happen. No, no one wants to, like no one wants that. No, Lions Broncos. Going with the Lions, bro. Let's go. They won a game so far. Let's, let's, I've never seen go. a coach let's so go. happy for a game. I got you ready to who? Teddy Two Gloves. Two so gloves. Giants Chargers. Uh, Chargers and hashtag free Saquon. Chargers and Saquon don't ever sign another contract with the Giants again. Please, they unless are, unless unless the Giants trade for Russell Wilson in the offseason. Uh, and get an offensive line, then stay with him. But other than that, don't Jake Fromm is the starter. So it doesn't really mean that much, but <laughs> 49ers, Bengals. Uh, I'm going with the Bengals. I have the 49ers as a caveat. It depends on who those running backs are. Elijah Mitchell might not play. Um, Jeff Hasty is supposed to play. So we'll see what ends up happening in the backfield. Bills, Bucks. Bucks. I have the Bills, but that's a biased pick. I'll always just use the Bills with that one. Bears, Packers. Uh, I think Justin Fields is starting. Um, <laughs> that matters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to like keep a straight face with that one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. So I'll go with the Packers as well on that one. Rams, Cardinals. Ooh, that's tough. Um, ooh, who you got? So I got the Rams because the Rams have lost too many games so far. <laughs> they got to um, win soon. I'm going with the Cardinals. They they got um, Murray's uh, back. They got Hopkins Kyler Murray back. back. They got Hopkins. Yeah, they look they look pretty solid. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Cardinals, but closer closer than the than the experts think. So the buys for this week are the Colts, Dolphins, Pats, Eagles. One of those teams really needed the buy, and that is the Eagles. Well, another thing that they need is they need some of those first-round picks for next year. And if they use it on some stupid-ass shit to end up just trying to get Deshaun Watson, I would be mad. But with that being said, what you got for the people? Um, you mentioned it, Steph Curry. He is 16 three-pointers shy of breaking, I think either breaking or tying Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Uh, all-time record which they play the trailblazers tonight um and the trailblazers are one of the worst teams in the league on defense so if i am steve kerr i let that man shoot as much as he wants mm -hmm. curry, curry has looking at basketball reference right now and the 
the list of guys who have, you know, 11 games with 11 threes, 12 threes, it's all Steph Curry. Curry has like, looks like nine or 10 games with, with 11 threes. He's got a game with 13 threes. He's got a game with 12 threes. Like he can do it. Yeah. It's just, it's just a matter of like, usually when they're at that point, they're up by 25 points anyway. So they take him out. Please let him break it tonight. 16 threes in the game. Please, for the love of God. He'd be both like, the records. Steve, Steve Kerr obviously knows. Like he knows how, how, how many he's, he needs. So like, just do it. Just let him mm. in the game. It's early enough in the season. You're like, you're probably going to win this game anyways, especially if Steph gets on a hot streak like that. So just let him stay in the game. Please. Mm. Like, for, for basketball fans everywhere, let him stay mm. in the game. So that's what I got. Also, like I said, we started the show. Very pumped to be going down to Tampa for the, the bowl game. Pumped about that. But, um, yeah, go Steph. So mine for today is two or three real quick ones. First one is shout out to all the sneakerheads out there because Saturday the cool grays come out. Um, so, you know, I'll have the homies end up going for that for me. Uh, the next thing I want to do is say just big shout out to everybody that is one graduating with me, but also two that I've been in school with. Uh, one of the people in particular, so shout out to Dimitri. Dimitri, you'll come on the show soon. Uh, we've been in a bunch of classes together, so that's just cool. He's getting married next year in Greece because his family lives out there, so that's a wild one. Um, with that being said, other than that, just shout out to everyone that continues to listen and watch us. Pay attention to December and January. I can promise you right now there's going to be a lot of things to expect. You're going to see follower counts jump for us. You're going to see subscribers jump. And then come next year, Steve and I have already started planning. We will be doing sporting events and we will probably end up doing random different appearances together too. So just keep that in mind, pay attention. But with that, I think we're done. We out. Peace.